You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. We're going to cause trouble. Scott Farrell is calling the shots from the sideline. We're going to make fun of people. We're going to hurt people's feelings. It's Farrell on the bench. I believe in whipped cream with everything. We are live in the Magic City Studios in the Barilla Palatial, right across the river through the woods from where Granny loves that new 22 Jack stack she just picked up in New York City. The Big Apple. Ooh, people dressed in plastic bags, ready to travel, some kind of fashion, shake it up, should do. But all my friends that come around, fight to fight to party, up rats on the west side, bed bugs uptown, what a mess, it's tied to tie my brain, splattered all over my hands, stupid shit, I got a Hey, what's gigging? I'm Pharrell. Carver High's running it, and a Monday night. So, uh, one of the things I wanted to talk to you about uh, tonight, Carver High, because I didn't really get a chance to uh, do it today at any length uh, was just to have a little fun uh, with Mike Lang. Uh, If people don't know who that is, uh, wherever you live, uh, be it San Diego, Los Angeles, uh, wherever, all over the Southern Hemisphere on Sirius XM, wherever you uh, listen. And if you're not a hockey fan, I can understand uh, you don't know who this guy is, but... (laughs) Everybody in hockey knows who he is, right, Carver High? No doubt about it. Everybody knows in the hockey community who the legendary Mike Lang is, one of the all-time greats. That's for sure. All right, so uh, there's a lot of great announcers in the league, uh, for sure, and in in sports, for sure. There's no doubt about it. And, um, like, the Islanders, uh, what's your boy's name, Brendan Burke? He's really good, right? Yeah, Brendan's excellent. So, uh, I mean, there's tons of really great guys, but, uh, and with all due respect, I think there's a lot of, of talented people and there's no one like him, Mike Lang. <laughs> there's just no one like him. I mean, you have to admit that he stood out like a sore thumb in terms of, uh, NHL broadcasters. Uh, and that was because of his shtick. And I certainly uh, called uh, Thrasher games for one year and people can say whatever they want about my one year doing hockey. But, uh, you know, you can look at it any way you want. A, I did it and uh, and I only did it one year. B, they, they lasted 10 years and then they, they moved. I mean, what's the difference, right? I mean, honestly, at the end of the day, uh, I did it. I called 82 games, never missed a goal. <laughs> 
Uh, I partied. I drank. I hung out with players. I broke all the rules. I was a rock star. Uh, they played themselves right out of uh, Atlanta. Right? Did they not? Carver High, what happened to the Thrasher? Well, they it, it was so bad in Atlanta that they had to move to freaking Ferrellapeg. I mean, that tells you right there how bad it was. Okay. So it had nothing to do with me. But I'll tell you what, their first season, their expansion season, they were so awful that uh, the only person they got rid of was me. And I didn't want to do it anymore either. Let's face facts. We welcome Sirius XM, Mightier 1090 in San Diego, Sports Map Radio, Sports Byline USA, Armed Forces Radio to Pharrell and events on a Monday night. I'm Pharrell with Carver High. Good to have you with us. So uh, here's the deal. The only reason I did it was because, um, A, I was huge in Atlanta. I was number one in Atlanta in, in radio. I had the best show, the biggest show at the time. And uh, or I had, you know, had that, right? So previously I had had that in, in 93. In 99, uh, when they thought, who can sell hockey to rednecks? <laughs> in not so many words, uh, they realized that I was the only guy that ever talked hockey. And they, uh, you know, called me up and afforded me an opportunity to audition for that gig. And I'd never called a hockey game in my life. But I was a huge hockey fan. And I was a huge Mike Lang fan. And I was a huge friend of Mike Lang's. And I was a huge uh, friend of... uh, a lot of penguins and I was, you know, everyone in the league knew me at that point. Cause I covered the penguins and I was at every game. So people knew who I was. I was a loud mouth, gravelly voiced guy on CBS in Pittsburgh. And I had juice. I was the sports director at 23 and I was covering games and no one could do anything about it. Uh, I stood out. I was loud. I was painful. I was irritating. I was a show off. It is what it is. And I was also the best. So everybody else was boring. I was the best. No one liked it. It is what it is. All the players loved it. And they all wanted to party with me. So one thing led to another. I got this gig. I went and auditioned for it. And I called a hockey game on TV at the uh, NBA uh, you know, studios, TNT's NBA, where Barkley and Shaq do their show. That's where I did it. And uh, I called a game, Red Wings Blues, and I got the game. And the only reason I got that game and that gig was because I wanted to be Mike Lang. And I just acted like a complete maniac when I called the game. And I'm going to tell you what Mike Lang meant to me when we came back. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. 
<laughs> That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire. I'll never forget uh, when uh, I auditioned for that gig that uh, the only reason I, I did it was because of, I swear to God, was, oh, play at the plate. He's safe. Oh, they called him out. Uh, you can't tell me he didn't beat that tag Carver high. That's a terrible call. They got to review that. Here we go. Oh, I don't know. That's a bad angle. I can't see from that angle. It's real close. I, I can't even tell from that angle. He's yeah, safe. they need to get they need to do better than that. <laughs> I mean, how bad are you? He's so safe it's not even look at this angle they keep giving us, yes. From the other side, you stupid morons. Yeah, you need the you need the third base side. You need this side. He's safe. He's safe. He should be safe. They got to review that. Well, I don't, I don't even think that angle shows you the, the uh, breadth of it. You got to show it. He's safe. He, you got to show it from above. You got to show it from above. Here it is from above. He's safe. Oh, my God. His, his entire shin was over the plate before he got tagged. Bro, he's, he's, safe, by, he's safe by literally half of his leg. You cannot call him out. He's safe, bro. His entire foot, his entire shin crossed the plate. Bro, that's it. He's safe. Come on. You know what's so bad about baseball? They'll call him out anyway. They'll call him out anyway. You cannot deny that that guy's entire shin crossed the plate before he got tagged. Tell me I'm wrong. I mean, tell me I'm wrong. How about yes? Keep showing this angle. How about uh, are they, they get? They keep you know, giving they you might the as worst. Well show the guy. They, oh, they called him the out. Did thing. I not call it? They called him out. Wow. Oh my god! Oh my god! That was such a terrible call. Oh my god! Oh my god! I can't even do the show. I can't even do the show. How is he out? He is saved by a mile. That is the worst call I've ever seen. And that's what I'm saying is wrong with baseball. Boom, there he's safe right there. And then they don't overturn it because they suck so bad. That's why. That's what's wrong with baseball. They still call him out when they know he's effing safe. That's what's wrong with baseball. That Rob Manfred says just call that's, him out anyway because that's we don't want to be – we don't want to make ourselves look like idiots. He is safe. I mean, you got to be kidding me. How awful was that call? That's an awful. Oh timer. my god! I, I can't. I still can't figure it out. Like, why? <laughs> what just happened? Why, 
I mean, I, I'll say this. I'll say this when they show the overhead one one more time, and maybe this is what they're saying is inconclusive. As his foot is sliding across home plate, like it almost looks like it takes like a little like hop in the air, like a dig into the ground before it gets to the plate. Maybe that's maybe they think his leg went over the plate and didn't touch it. I don't know, but it's a bad call. That's a terrible call. Is what that was. And did I not call it? I said, they'll call him out anyway, because that's what baseball does. They know he's safe, and they call him out anyway. And now watch They won't score. Runners on the corners, one out. Play at the plate. The guy's safe by it. You know what's funny? He's six foot six. His entire knee to his foot crossed the plate before he got tagged, and they called him out. How bad was that? I can't even tell my story now. I'm so mad. All right, so I just have to forget about it now. It's ruined everything, that call. So anyway, uh, still scoreless, Royals and Yankees at the K in Kansas City in the top of the seventh, no score, right? Um, And they just called out uh, Aaron Judge at the plate when he was safe. Uh, He was safe. I I don't even care if you're a Royals fan. You got to call him safe. You just have to. Uh, And when you don't, you know you're a P. Okay, if you thought he was out, then you're a P and I hate you forever. No one. I'd even call that if that were the Royals, Carver High, I would call him safe. Just tell it like it is. He was safe. Yeah. And uh, all right. So anyway, here's the story. So uh, Voight got the hit anyway. So stick that in your garage. Is he safe? Is he safe? Crossing the plate. Is he safe? You mother Pharrellers. How you like that, Carver High? I have no idea what's happened to Carver High. He's not, like, not even on the show anymore. I was I setting something happened. up for you. Oh, all right. I, I was thought setting maybe something he disappeared. Maybe he died no. or something. I wanted to all get right. a little something for you here. Hold on. All right. Give me a moment. Get it all set up because right. you got to move a lot of things around here. And then I wanted a to give of, you a lot of moving parts. On right side, Murphy shooting, same eight rebound on the view. Hey, shoots and scores! Mario Lemieux and the Penguins lead five to four. And you'd have to be here to I don't believe it. it. Mario Lemieux has given the Penguins the lead. There so, you go. Uh, so anyway, thank you. Uh, when I was uh, growing up, I, that's all I ever heard was Mike Lang. And when I became a broadcaster and I got out of school, I went back to Pittsburgh and uh, I got to cover the Penguins every day of my life. I got to see him draft Mario Lemieux. I got to see him win uh, Stanley Cups. And I got to be around uh, Mike Lang and Paul Steigerwald. In fact, I replaced Paul Steigerwald at KQV when he got the job with the Penguins being uh, Mike Lang's color guy. And um, there was nothing better than Mike Lang in in life. I mean, Pittsburgh had iconic guys like Bob Prince and uh, Myron Cope and legends. Mike Lang uh, went toe-to-toe with them and anybody else uh, anywhere. Uh, he was so colorful and funny. So tonight, 
I thought that I would go through some of the litany of his sayings because they were so funny. And some of them were so stupid that they were just awesome. Even though they were stupid, they were awesome. Like it got to the point where Carver High, he was making them up all the time, right? Because people loved him so much. He had to come up with more material. Because originally he just had a few of them that were really good, like Elvis right. has left the building. And Which then is, got to the point yeah. Where, you that's, know, that's, people that's, wanted more, so he had to start <laughs> creating new ones. And that's when it kind of, you know, hit the wall a little it, bit. It's kind of similar to what happened with Sterling with the Yankees. You know, in the mid 90s, Sterling really only did one or two home run calls. It was burn, baby, burn. You know, he did Bernie Williams. And there might have been one or one other. And then, like, he felt like he had to start, like, it got out of control. All of a sudden, he's got home run calls for, you know, the guy called up from AAA yesterday. You know, they just they just got way out of control. But Lang was better started, than Sterling. Lang was better than doing Sterling. one for every guy in the history of the Yankees. Yeah. And they got so bad that they became uh, fodder for jokes, right? But Mike Lang started doing some of them that were bizarre, and people were like, what's happening here? But when he did them at the beginning and in the middle, they were so great. And then at the end of his career, they there were too many of them. But I used to listen to this guy call every game every night of my life, like when they were on the road. and I went to every home game, so it wasn't like I hung out in the press box and listen to him call games when I was going to games. But uh, his shtick was second to none. I'll give you some of them when we come back. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire. Rolling a bench with Carver High. So anyway, uh, when I got the gig in Atlanta, uh, basically I auditioned, and then uh, later that day they offered me the job, and uh, I was crazy enough to take it. Uh, what happened was is that I was doing I was doing a national radio show at the time on the fan in New York, and I was on 250 stations around the country, and I was making a lot of money at the time. Uh, for a radio host and uh, I was doing really well. And I walked away from all of that to make no money whatsoever. Like to me, no money, like, you know, 
NHL guys really, in my opinion, uh, you know, at the beginning, I mean, or whatever, like in radio, if you're doing the radio play-by-play, I mean, you just, I mean, let's face facts, Carver, how you know they just don't make any money. They don't. So it's not, it's it. not a, it's not exactly the high end of the media market. That's for sure. No. So you just make a decent living. That's it. And so I walked away from a lot of money to make no money. And everybody said, you're crazy. What are you doing? I remember my bosses yelling at me at uh, CBS and at Westwood one and the fan and everything screaming and yelling at me, calling me names. Uh, they all got bent out of shape about it. And, uh, I, I, you know, to this day, I stand by what I said. I, I said, I like hockey more than I like money. Uh, you know, I made a lot of money and all I did was blow it and party. So what's the difference? I'm like, uh, I had two homes, three cars. I lived on the beach. I was a bum. You know, I partied like a beach bum. I was just a troublemaker. Uh, I was wild. I didn't listen. I did whatever I wanted. I was a complete maniacal idiot on the radio. I was constantly being screamed and yelled at by these people. And, um, you know, but the funny thing was I was number one everywhere. The show, the show was great. It was my attitude and my relationship with bosses that was bad. And it was funny because guys like Don Imus would tell me, F them, you're number one in New York. F them. Don't listen to them. Don't listen to them when they're telling you what to do. Do whatever you want. You're number one. They're not going to do anything. They're just going to scream and yell at you. Just do whatever you want. So it got to the point where I had this like uh, contentious, uh, you know, just horrible relationship with bosses and everything like that. Back then, I'm just saying back then when I was young. And so I was like, I love hockey and I'm just going to do something that makes me happy instead of doing this, which I'm doing this show every day and getting screamed and yelled at and uh, just constantly screaming and yelling at me. And I'm just like, I got sick and tired of it. Like I just hated the, the people that I worked for. And I was like, this sucks. I hate it. Why not try something new? So I got the gig and I took it and I left and I went to Atlanta and I became the Thrasher's play by play guy. And the, the difference was, is that I had time before the gig started. So I started hanging out with Mike Lang. And uh, I was like, what am I going to do? I go, I've never called a hockey game in my life. I go, how am I going to do this? And uh, he would uh, tell me basically how to do it and uh, what to worry about and what to focus on and what to make the game about and how what to keep an eye on, what not to miss. <laughs> goals. <laughs> Don't miss goals. He'd say, whatever you do, just watch the game. Don't ever miss a goal. I never missed a goal. Uh, they said, um, you know, don't do this. Don't do that. Don't fraternize with players. Don't this, that. I did all that. I partied with players. I drank. I did everything. I was horrible. But I never missed a game, and I never missed a goal. And I was the rowdiest NHL announcer in the whole league. I was crazy. I was wild. And I did basically, uh, he taught me the nuts and bolts of calling a game. Um, you know, the neutral zone, the, the, you know, in the offensive end and the defensive end, the pairings, the lines, uh, how to 
prepare for a game, how to, you know, prepare for the other team who I was calling the game against to know all the players, things like this. And he, he basically, um, you know, gave me confidence that I could do it and uh, encouraged me and never treated me like uh, he never treated me like a, an amateur or, a you know, a hack or somebody that had never done it. He uh, always was uh, cool and positive and supportive and encouraging. And uh, he knew how much I loved him and he knew how much I respected him. And he knew I would go to no one else uh, with the reality of the situation. And then it was so weird because, Mike, when I was done uh, calling games, I kept, you know, loving the game. I just didn't like the gig. I didn't like the grind. I didn't like the plane rides. I didn't like the bus rides. I didn't like wearing a blazer every day. I didn't like uh, dinner and lunch and breakfast at the same time. And, you know, uh just everything about it sucked for me. I just thought it was so military. It was like I was in a prison. I was like, you had to do everything. Everything was the same every day. The morning skate, the practice, you know, the meals, things like this, the catch the bus, be on the train, be on the plane, all this stuff. And you got to wear this and do this and don't talk and don't make any noise and don't interrupt the players and, don't talk to the coaches and don't do this. And I was like, what the hell have I signed up for? So when it was over, I was like, this sucks. I hate it. This sucks. It's not for me. I can't do it. I can't do this. I'm like in prison. So they're like, we don't like you. I'm like, good. I don't like you either. And I'm better at it. And so they paid me for four years. I worked for one. Simple as that. Best job I ever had. The difference was, is that I would still go to a lot of hockey games. And the ones I would go to, I would try to go to, as you know, Mike, was Penguin games. So I could always see my friend Mike Lang and Paul Steigerwald and Phil Bork and all the players. Uh, and Edzo was one of them. Edzo, when he coached the Penguins, he knew I'd come around. And he knew I was uh, had a lifelong love affair with the Penguins like you do with the Islanders. And... Uh, Whenever they played the, the Rangers or the Devils, I would go to the games. I even went to see him play the Islanders uh, in uh, the Nassau Coliseum a few times, right? So now there's a scene going on. What Boone's going to get thrown out of this game. He's cussing out. He's cussing out the ump. They called a balk. And now he's going out to argue. He's going to get thrown. Oh, he's dropping bombs. He's getting thrown out of this game. He's got to be thrown out of this game. He just told him to F off. I don't want to throw you out. Did you see him just say that? Yeah. No, Aaron's going to get his money's worth here. He didn't throw him out, did he? You know why? Yeah, I don't think I don't think he did originally, but he has to have thrown him out now. Did he toss him? I don't think so. He, he did not toss him. He threw. He called the balk. I think he uh, did not throw him out because oh, he threw him out. He threw him out because these guys have no stones. They can't argue with anyone. They don't take any business from anyone. 
They they have the quick trigger. They all throw out managers. They, I mean, if you even question them, they throw you out of the game. You don't even have to cuss them anymore. If you question them, they throw you out. Did you see how fast he gave him the hook? He barely even got to say anything to him. I get that Boone was very animated. He threw his arm in the air. But, like, he didn't even, like, come on, dude. It was a very quick hook. Basically, it's on the mound. Nobody out, runner at third. So they're going to blow this one nothing uh, lead here, more than likely. There goes that. Oh, he throws to right. Let's see if Judge can throw the guy out at the plate. Oh, God, he's safe at the plate. The throw is bad. So Dyson's too fast. 1-1. One, one. Anyway, um, so I kept going to games, and I would uh, I would see uh, – because I, I went right back to doing what I, I did for a living. I went back to doing the national radio show. So it took me all of about five minutes to get a job. And uh, I got back on the air nationally, and I started going to games. No one could turn me away. I mean, I, I was a – uh, you know, national media figure and they let me into arenas and then I would go to uh, the press box and I would always go visit Mike. I mean, just every year, every, every game they played, if they played in, in any of the New York arenas, I went to see him and I'd go visit him. Right. And, uh, they all knew when, when I walked in the press box, what was happening. And it was so funny because I would see over the years, I would see, uh, they'd play the Thrashers or whatever. Or I'd be in Pittsburgh or whatever. Or I'd, I'd go to a Devils game and I'd go up there and say hi to people and they'd be playing the Thrashers or whatever. Or even the Carolina and I'd see Don Waddell. He was the GM of the Thrashers when I was there. And he didn't like me at all. But he he pretended like he did when he'd see me, right? He'd, he'd you know, treat me good when he'd see me after he didn't have to deal with me anymore. And he'd treat me like I was like his old pal or something. He wasn't fooling me. Uh, so I'd be like, hey, what's happening? Blah, blah, blah. blah. But um, I got to tell you, uh, I always stayed friends with Mike Lang to this day. I'm friends with Mike Lang. And just the greatest guy ever. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire. Everything is changing so fast. I mean, back in my day, we were lucky if we could get one video to load. But now with the Xfinity 10G network, you can power a house full of devices at once with ultra-low lag. The future starts now. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary and not guaranteed. All right, we're all on a bench. So anyway, um, Mike... Uh, Thank God, uh, you know, this is just a retirement. And, you know, I'm not over here talking about Mike Lang uh, in, a, in another uh, ending that I would not want to talk about. Right. Because I, I think, you know, no one wants to hear it. But, but uh, you know, as well as I do, uh, Carver High, he's 69 now. Um, and no offense, no disrespect. I would never disrespect him. I love him. But he he's like. 
for me, it's like when I see him, he looks like he's going on 90. I was I was honestly just going to say to you, when you said he was 69, I was going to go, what? That's it? He's only 69? Because he, he honestly could pass for 85 to 90, like the way he looked. I mean, he really could. If he doesn't look worse than, like, John Sterling, let me know. John Sterling's 80, and he you can't even compare the two. Take a look. Take a look at Mike. Take a look at John. Uh, take a look at Susie. She's older than Mike. And yeah. he looks he looks 15 years older than her. Doesn't he? Yep. He just looks old and frail and uh, frankly he looks sick. Does he not like when you saw him the last couple of years and he looked like he weighs about 75 pounds, did, did you not think he was sick? I I thought he was, yeah. Right. All right. So anyway, uh 40 seasons uh with the Penguins calling games. Here's some of them. Uh, they're so funny. Uh, I just used to love. You can spit shine your shoes, baby, because we're going dancing with Lord Stanley once again. Um, so these are just some of the ones uh, that he that he used to uh, that he used to say. I mean, it's just unbelievable. Now this is like an old. Uh, this is like an old story just going through some of his, um, you know, some of his, uh, lines that he uses on the air. So, um, what's crazy is that I, I was looking at this story before and I had them all. And now all of a sudden I can't find them, which is driving me nuts. Uh, great balls of fire. He used to say that all the time. Michael, Michael motorcycle. Uh, he smoked him like a bad cigar. Shave my face with a rusty razor. <laughs> give me my, give me back my old Cadillac. Uh, hop in the Cordoba, baby. We're going bowling. Bring Eddie the spaghetti. Uh, he used to say, oh, Eddie Spaghetti. Stop the car, Mabel. I mean, honestly, they got bad. Some of them were so bad. Hallelujah Hollywood was one of his great ones over the years. That was from the beginning. Hallelujah Hollywood. He used to say that one all the time. Scratch my back with a hacksaw. She wants to sell my monkey. That was always one of my favorites. And he just lost his liquor license. Tell your ma, tell your pa, gonna send you back to Arkansas. Terrible. <laughs> He's smiling like a butcher's dog. <laughs> Mr. President, there are no further questions. That's another bad one. Go ahead. Make my day. That was a Clint Eastwood line. Stop the press. It's not over yet. Here's one that I always thought was terrible, but I loved it. Let's go, hunt. Big moose on a Harley. <laughs> uh, I've seen that fish before. Get that dog off my lawn. 
Michael Michael Motorcycle. Oh, this was one of my favorite ones he used all the time. Get in the fast lane, Grandma. The bingo game is ready to roll. Uh, he sits right down and writes himself a letter. Uh, on a Mark Andre Fleury save, uh, he said that I just want to see a seal sliding sideways in Sausalito. I will tell you that Metallica Studios in Sausalito. That's a good line when you think about it. I just want to see a seal sliding sideways in Sausalito. Stupid sandwiches around 60 on a Saturday in Sausalito sounds fantastic. I'll see you then, suckers. Um, and the Penguins have sent Elvis right out of the building. He used to say, Elvis has left the building. That's the last line he used when he retired today. She wants to sell my monkey. I love that one. He doesn't know whether to cry or wind his watch. He would say that about the other goalie. Finders, keepers, losers, weepers. Oh, here's his favorite he used over the last 15 years. Slap me silly, Sydney. When Crosby scored. Uh, here's one. How much fried chicken can you eat? When they're scoring a lot of goals. Uh, he just lost his liquor license. <laughs> just one look. That's all it took. <laughs> I wonder if he wrote that one on like a bus ride or something. It was really bad. This one's even worse. Make me a milkshake, Malkin. That one is bad. That one's that one's not awful. Come on. Uh, oh, here's one. Call Arnold Slick from Turtle Crick. Oh, uh, this was one of his old time classics. He used all the time at the beginning. Look out, Loretta. The kitchen is closed. Oh, this is one of my favorites of all time that he used when, uh, when Lemieux or someone or Yager scored a goal and beat the goalie. He beat him like a rented mule. Yeah, his his stuff in the 90s clearly was at a higher grade than the stuff right. that he used for the, for the last 15 years. It's a hockey night in Pittsburgh. Lord Stanley, Lord Stanley, give me the brandy. That one's terrible. I think it, uh, you know, it's simple. Uh, it's like we said before, th those are pretty much all of them. But they, it's like um, we said earlier, it, you know, he had so many good ones in the beginning that everybody started thinking he was, uh, that, you know, they just rolled off of his tongue and that he he made them up as he went and, and that he was just constantly coming up with new material, like a comedian or something. And then he just had to force it, like, he had to write all these new ones that just weren't good, right? He had to go with all these cheesy ones. But his original ones that he did on the air in the middle of games, like, I mean, it was just so, scratch my back with a hacksaw. She wants to sell my monkey. Imagine hearing that. You're driving in your car. Some guy's calling a hockey game, and he's talking about that. And I was like, I'm in the car with my dad. Because after the game, when the game was over, they replayed all the goals. I think they do that now on every uh, broadcast, right? So yeah, they still do when that. You get in, 
Yeah, but when you get in a car in Pittsburgh and drive in the snow home after the game, and you got that guy and and all of his goal calls, if you know when when Lemieux was playing there, they'd score six, seven goals a night, and he they'd replay all of his goal calls, and he'd always be like, yeah, "Bye, Sam, I drink and got his dog one too." <laughs> you'd be in your car and you'd be like, "Yeah, <laughs> this guy's great with his one-liners." And then you'd be driving with your buddies, cracking cold ones and smoking fatties, listening to this guy. It was so funny. It was just so great. And then all good things must come to an end, right? So he retired today. I guess today was when he retired, right? And today was the official he, announcement, yes. So he said Elvis has left the building and uh, just retires. Um, he's in the Hall of Fame. I mean. Oh, yeah. You know how good you are when you're in the Hall of Fame as a broadcaster. He got the Foster Hewitt Award. He's the best, uh, you know, one of the best broadcasters ever. So when you get in because of that, like, you know, there's not a lot of them that get in that way. Bob Miller got in. No, and and he deserves to be. Listen, it's good to have some different some different personality. And it's like you said, you, you, you tried to do it the one year in Atlanta as well. Right. People don't especially nowadays in 2021, I mean, uh, broadcasters and announcers for teams on the radio, you know, radio is where I think you have a little bit more leeway where you can do the type of stuff that Mike Lang did. You could be more creative. And everybody just now is, you know, just straight-laced, cookie-cutter. I'm not, uh, you know, we're going to tell you what's happening in the game, and that's what we're going to do. And they don't want it. They don't bring you the... The entertainment value. You know, there's a few guys, the older school guys in all these sports still have it a little bit. But any new guy who's gotten into the business in the last 10 to 15 years, I mean, it's just straight, straight laced, uh, you know, play by play. That's it. No frills. Well, it's boring is what it is. Yes. Yes, exactly. So uh, you might be talented. You might be good at calling a game. There's no doubt about it. Straightforward call of a game. You you might have that down. But right, but you you're not getting any more guys boring. now. Right. You you're just not going to it is what it is. That's what they want. They want boring now. They want boring. They want vanilla. Well, is there anything worse than that? No, there isn't. But there, I mean there's very few guys left who are still, you know, carrying that type of flag. I mean, the guy Michigan's nuts in Tampa Bay. They still let him scream and yell, you know, every every time the Lightning score a goal. But there's very few guys who they allow that kind of freedom to. But isn't he the rest of the game? He's pretty straightforward. He only Call freaks the game, out yeah. when they score. They score. Yeah. Well, when I did it, I don't know if you knew, but you can ask anyone. When I did the game, I was completely insane. I made fun of everything, and I made fun of people. I made fun of players. I made fun of coaches. I made fun of fans. I made fun of buildings. I made fun of weather. I made fun of everything. I made fun of the food we had for dinner. I made fun of everything. I mean, everything. And I drank a big old beer before I went in there to do it. And if I could get my hands on a shot to go with it, I'd do that too. I'd do a big old shot of JMO and a beer. And I sometimes I'd plop it right in there, Boilermaker style. I got, and I'd just be like, "Let's go, let's go." 
Uh, let's go. I'm going to call a game. You won't, you won't forget it. And that's how I did it. And that drove Waddell and the front office crazy. Uh, they just couldn't handle it. And then meanwhile, the guy I did it with, he couldn't even, I, he couldn't stop laughing. The whole, the whole game, the guy was cracking up, although he hated it because he wanted it to be nuts and bolts. He wanted me to be straightforward, and all I did was make him, like, cable in his pants. He didn't know what to think, because I made fun of him the whole game, every game. And I just, he was a wussy to begin with, so I made fun of everybody. And I was good at it. And the fans heard it. Every fan that lived in Atlanta knows that there was nothing like it. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire. Everything is changing so fast. I mean, back in my day, we were lucky if we could get one video to load. But now with the Xfinity 10G network, you can power a house full of devices at once with ultra-low lag. The future starts now. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary and not guaranteed. So, uh, this guy Barlow, is that his name? What do you think of his mullet for the uh, Royals pitching? Yeah, he's got some look to him. I mean, it's just, it, and and I like it's, he, he doesn't care. Like, there's no... There's no f flow to it whatsoever. It's just everywhere. It's just one of those mullets where it's all over the place. He's got like 60% of it to one side of his head, 40% of it to the other side of his head. It's just everywhere. It's 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 very astonishing. He's just got rock and roll hair. Yeah. Like he's got yeah. Craig from Animal Kingdom hair. Long right. Yeah, hair. He, he looks like he could be an extra, you know, like in Rockstar with Mark Wahlberg. You know, he looks like he could have been in the band yeah. there. No. Steel Panther. Yes. <laughs> but boy, Steel Dragon. Steel, Steel, Steel Dragon. dragon. <laughs> <laughs> was that <laughs> was that the band Steel Dragon? And I called it Steel, Steel dragon. Panther. Steel Dragon was was rock star with Wahlberg, yeah. But there is a band called Steel Panther. Yes, I believe there is. They're they're like a band now, apparently. Yes. Um so did you see like all these like Limp Bizkit canceled their tour and all these people yeah. like as if as if they matter. Garth, Garth Brooks, Limp Bizkit, everybody's shutting it down. Everybody's shutting it down. So uh, what's it like in New York City every day when you uh, compared to, you know, three, four weeks ago? Uh, definitely changing over the last few weeks. Definitely changing a little bit. Um, probably not enough time to tell you right now, but definitely changing. All right, so what's happening is the world's shutting down again with the Delta variant. But the Lambda variant is uh, going to be worse than the Delta variant is what they're saying now. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? 
In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 